0: This is Susanna Hills podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life Thanks for checking out our podcast Here's today's message of actually experiencing a breakthrough or there's something really important happening in my life I know over the years I've learned that whenever we're having some translocal input or apostolic guys coming from the NCMI team uh, my wife and I, the week before, I know, in the run-up to that, there's going to be some, mm, mm, scratch each other a little bit the wrong way, I have some, some things, you know. There'll be those moments, you know, the, the car breaks down, and, uh, and then there's, in those moments, I feel like I want to, to play some country music backwards. You know what you get when you do that. You get your house back, you get your car back, you get your wife back. But um, it's amazing for me to see that, the reality that we all experience some form of resistance. And as we looked at last week, you and I need to acknowledge that there is a spiritual dynamic and dimension at work throughout our lives and in the world that we live in. And we shouldn't live unaware of these realities. Because all of the enemy wants to do, he wants to distract, deceive, and destroy us. That's really what His purpose is. And as we heard this morning, as Mali was sharing with us, is that it's often our flesh that is driving us away from God. It is our circumstances in the world that we live in that's constantly pushing us in the opposite direction. But God in His faithfulness is always at work wanting to bring us into union with Him, into an experience and an encounter with Him. And so we need to uh, move, I believe, if we're thinking about spiritual warfare and if we're thinking about the full armor of God, as we saw a little video clip before, sorry for those of you watching online, YouTube algorithms and, you know, copyright things prevent us from being able to share some of those um, things online. But when, when we're thinking about um, putting on the armor of God, I don't want us to go to, to think in the, in the form of a moment, but actually as a mindset. God wants us to move from having a moment of, oh, I I, I remembered," now I must clothe myself with the armor of God. Actually, no, I want to have a mindset that says I'm walking in the nature and the character of God. So our well-known passage that we're going to be looking at, we've been studying the book of Ephesians together, chapter 6, we're going to read from uh, verse 10 to 20, and it says the following, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Remember the schemes of the devil? It's like our, our lives are, are filled with, with these sort of dominoes, different aspects of our lives that we raise up, that we strengthen, and then a scheme of the enemy comes to push those things down. It just requires one, us compromising in one area, and all of those things begin to fall over. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. For some of you guys, it's not your mother-in-law that's the problem. And for some of your your wives, it's not your husband that's the problem. (laughs) Husbands, sometimes you are the problem. I want to tell you. Just work with me here. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but as it says, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We just had this weekend a a time of speaking about different worldviews and how these ideologies, which actually lead to idolatry, have crept in and are continuously being pushed in different aspects of our society. And if if we're caught unaware, we submit ourselves to these things. And so there are forces at work, wanting to accomplish a specific agenda, but then Paul continues to say, therefore, because of this fight that's going on, because of these resistance, because of these powers and principalities that are at work, wanting to, to move us away from our relationship with God, away from honoring Him, we have something. We have a response. And this is really important for you and I to see. We can think of this, you know, okay, oh, your armor of God, put on the armor of God, you know. We can kind of go through that Sunday school ritual, or we could really understand, and this is what my prayer is today, that you and I would come to not only understanding, but an experience and an expression that we would not experience just a moment, but that we would actually move into a mindset of how we would live. It continues to say, therefore, because of these, this resistance we get, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the day of evil. And having done all to stand, there's that word again stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, as, and as shoes uh, on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation. So Paul is giving us a bit of a glimpse. It's almost like he's pulling the curtain backwards for us saying, listen, I want you to see that there is an enemy at work. And as we looked at last week, it's not our job to go around looking for the devil. It's our job to be followers in obedience to what God is saying. And as we look at throughout the New Testament, Disciples were going about preaching the gospel, accomplishing what God has placed in them. And then along the way, they're like, oh, there's something that's an evil spirit or an aspect of the enemy's schemes. We recognize it and we deal with it and we move on. We're not consumed with those things. Someone once said that the way you and I can think about spiritual warfare is almost like if you had to go to, to uh, the Kruger National Park. If you've ever been there or any game reserve for that matter. Who are the ones that spot the most animals? It's usually the ones that aren't looking for the animals. It's the ones who can distinguish between what doesn't look like the bush. And that's our role in spiritual warfare. We should be so enamored, consumed with who Jesus is, and what He is doing in our lives, and what He is wanting to accomplish, and God's will and plan, and His kingdom advancing... So that when we spot anything that does not look and does not align itself with that end, we can deal with it. And so when Paul speaks about this armor, he is actually speaking about us clothing ourselves with Christ. Remember, this whole series has been us understanding and taking up certain postures in what God has revealed. He wants us to to remain seated with Him, secure, not wanting to content or make up or try and conjure up our place and security in God, but knowing that we are seated with Christ above the powers and principalities, above those things that would want to rule this world. And honestly, in many ways, you look around, it's clear that they are at work. But it's our job as Christians to, first of all, understand that we are secure in Him. Secondly, that we are walking out this We have been given a mandate to express God's kingdom, to advance it in our daily lives. If your relationship with Christ does not impact your immediate family, your workplace, and the places you go, then I have to question the reality of your relationship with Jesus. And I'm speaking to myself here, friends, because I often look at myself and I go, you talk a good game, eh? but gee. when the pressure is down, up and the, the chips are down, are you really expressing that or do you compromise? Do you allow some idols to, to still hold? The, are there still some sins and some things, some thought patterns in your mind that you're allowing to perpetuate? So when Paul says we are putting on the full armor of God, he's actually saying that we are putting on the fullness of Jesus. Because Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. This weekend, as we were looking at different worldviews, one of the, the reasons why you and I can, with confidence, believe in Christ and put our faith in Jesus and have a, a, a worldview that says God is at the center of it all and Christ came to redeem us and that we can trust Him is because it is true. All other religions, all other ways of thinking, all other philosophies are actually that if you had to really poke at them a bit, you'd find some falsehoods in them. They make claims that sound amazing, but when you put them into practice, they do not hold. But in Christ, he says something and he completes it and he finishes it and you and I can have confidence in that. He's also our righteousness. He is fully righteous. He, our, we've been imputed His righteousness. We've, he has given us this gospel which says that you and I can be redeemed. We can come to know Him. We can have a relationship with Jesus. We can now have this relationship with the God that came down to open up our lives for us. He is ultimately the author and the finisher of our faith. As we would see in the shield of faith. He is also the one that is the word and is full of the Spirit. He's the one that leads us. He's the one who saves us, who redeems us. And so I want you and I to see that it's not, the armor of God is not a, a, a something I add on to my walk with God. It's actually me being completely clothed in Him, experiencing Him. And so I would love to have a look at just a couple of realities around these, uh, you know, six different pieces of armor that you and I can wear the first three, the belt, the breastplate, and the shoes are things that you and I, that are attached to our body. We don't really remove them. Once they're on, it's not a good idea to take it off in the middle of battle, and it's hard to remove them. And when we're thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the second three, the helmet, the shield, and the sword, um, they are, have specific purposes, and they are also part of the method's through which we can attack our enemy. And so it's important for you and I to see these as part of our makeup, part of our relationship with Jesus. So when we think about the the belt of truth, it's for the Roman um, soldier, and this is what Paul was looking at, he was saying, I want to use a picture that you can understand and that you can actually apply into your life. And as we saw in the little video clip, you know, it's not about me waking up in the morning and I'm sitting next to my bed and I'm like, about the truth on Lord Jesus. And now I'm in to breastplate of righteousness. I used to do that when I was a young Christian. I was like, man, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready for the day. Papa. They will be commons. And I was like, eventually I realized, actually, no, it's about a mindset. I'm setting my mind on things above, not on things below. And as we'll be seeing, I'm going to trust that you and I would have some handles on how do I put these things into practice? How do I develop the the natural responses um, and reflexes in a sense for this war that we find ourselves in? So the belt holds all things together. It also speaks of, for us, something of the security that you and I have. Like I said, Christianity is the only worldview way of thinking, faith, whatever you want to call it, of all this, the kind of ideologies and, and, and philosophies in the world. Following Christ is the only one that has true claims that it makes and can be backed up. When we think about the breastplate, it actually protects, obviously, our vital organs. It's the thing that, that helps us um, to be able to, to withstand many, many of the of our most vulnerable areas. And this is really important for you and I to see, that we have been made righteous. It's the breastplate of righteousness, which means we have been brought into right standing with God. And some of you need to hear this today, that you have been made right with God if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. And once you have made that decision, He's Lord and Savior of your life, nothing can remove you from his hand you have been justified just as if you have never sinned and the enemy will always come to remind you and wants to remove that from you but there is a security that comes when we put on christ and we know that he has made us righteous that is our position that is our identity and we have been brought in to right standing we look at the feet the gospel, the shoes of the gospel of, of peace. And that, friends, um, these shoes really speak for me of, of two aspects. They help us to hold ground, but they also help us to take ground. And now I know, I think it's important for us to see the, the difference. The first reality is that Paul says we need to stand. He doesn't say we should go and fight. But every army that I know of, the point of an army stepping onto the battlefield is actually to gain ground. Am I right? Very few armies just like remain. Okay, cool. We're just going to stand here. When we together have advanced, we take on the next position and we take our stand. We never back down. We hold our ground and we move forward. We gain ground as well. And it's important for you and I to see that these feet, the, the gospel is the thing that keeps us safe. Have you, have you ever watched some of those war movies? I remember, you know, there's that, that movie with Mel Gibson. We, we were soldiers. It's about this, you know, army colonel or general who, um, with, the, with the helicopter crew. And he's like, I will be the first one to put my foot on the battlefield. I will be the last one to remove it. And during this whole training session with the teams, one of the things that... The corporal, um, you know, begins to check in with all of the, the guys. Is like, check your shoes. Check your shoes. If your, if your socks are wet, change your socks. Because if you don't take care of your feet, you cannot advance. And so, therefore, for us as believers, we have to have, first and foremost, a right understanding of the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ isn't, give your life to Jesus. He's your cosmic genie. You've you've rubbed him the right way, and now the rest of your life is going to be better than it's been before. Now, when you and I accept Jesus Christ, we're saying, I'm coming under a new Lord. I'm no longer living for myself. I'm no longer walking the way I used to walk. I'm no longer embracing the things that I feel comfortable with. But actually, now I've enlisted into the Lord's army. And my identity there has been changed. Many of you men here will remember going to to do your, you know, national service, and I remember it's this Greg Garrett telling this story. You know, you arrive there and your hair's all long, and you're just like, you know, naggy, funny, blacky, as they say, and then you, they, the guys are also friendly with your with your family. Hi, good, good to see you. Great, great. Thank you so much. And they're very friendly and it's wonderful and they they do the whole like parade and everybody's so happy. You see, so proud. My son's been enlisted. It's 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 a big moment. And he says, then you go through the doors and wave your parents goodbye and in the minute those doors close, (laughs) They're they're on top of you, you know. And you're taken into a space and you are stripped of all individuality. You are issued with Army clothing, they shave your head, because you're no longer your own. You're now part of the army. And in the same sense for us, friends, when we enlist in God's kingdom in the gospel, we're saying we're leaving our old lives behind. We're no longer living for ourselves. But we need to protect our feet. Because if you cannot walk, you cannot advance. When you cannot stand, friends, the enemy gains ground. And so you and I need to have a right understanding of the gospel of God. And that Jesus came not just to give you a ticket to heaven, but actually to enlist you in his kingdom so that you can now become a fisherman of men. Next year, we're going to be looking at just this reality of being called out. Jesus called out to Peter and John, As fishermen, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's the point of the gospel, friends. We become followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus. And God wants you and I to hold those things clearly with us and before us. And so the belt speaks of integrity. It speaks about being secure in that. The breastplate of righteousness talks speaks about our purity that we have. And the shoes of the gospel speaks about our mobility. Now, when we think about the shoes, I, wanna, I want you to quickly look at your shoes. Look at your feet there. You've got beautiful feet. Some of you are going like, yes. like that's why I've got shoes on, my bro. <laughs> but Romans says, in Romans 10, verse 14 to 15, it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how, will they do, uh, how will they, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you have beautiful feet. And you and I need to embrace that as part of our expression and experience. God wants us to invade enemy territory. He wants us to understand that He has equipped us. And I know wherever we go, we've got that, you know, that, we love that story about Joshua. It's like every place you put your feet it will be yours. But friends, if, as your workplace... Because your feet are there. Has your workplace been impacted with the gospel of Jesus? Or are you still an undercover agent? Nobody knows. Only a Sunday Christian. Pray before your meals, Christian. But you don't pray any other time. Friends, God wants you and I to live differently. Because you friends, you you and I, we could choose. We could either be applauded in heaven. But if we are applauded in heaven, we will be opposed in hell. And I believe God wants you and I to experience it in an increasing measure. The boldness that would rise as we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul continues to speak about these other aspects of the armor. The shield of faith. And this is a very large piece. I mean, obviously, many of you have watched Gladiator and those you know, those Roman movies. And part of the reason why the Roman army was so successful was because of their use of the shield. Because the shield could cover most of their bodies. Uh, those of you in African tradition, if you look at like you, you think of Shaka Zulu, part of his exploits and success as a warrior and as a general and as a tactician in war was because of the use of shields and the way they would uh, utilize them. And so these shields were there to, to protect them as they advanced. But one of the key acti- uh, tactics of um, warfare at the time, you've obviously seen them, is, it has been was the archery. They would dip these arrows in tar, set them alight, and then fire them out. And obviously then and begin to kill off those advancing sh- soldiers. But because of the shield... They were able to block, to keep those uh, arrows from penetrating and and killing them. And at times, as you've seen them, they would almost create a bit of a a, a tortoise shell. As all of these these different soldiers would band together, one holding it above, the other one checking the side, the other one looking at the front, and at the right moment being able to, to open up and move forward and advance. Friends, that means for us, If we're thinking about the shield of faith, it means that you and I need to walk out our faith. We've got to exercise our faith. And too many Christians, I see, you know, we flip-flop in this area of our faith. We we doubt. We uh, lose our hearts. We actually become ineffective because we're not contending and walking in the faith that God has for us. And what God has actually revealed for us. Some of those fiery arrows that come are often schemes of the enemy. It's those thoughts that come. And sometimes we are struck by them. And what we tend to then believe is like the, what the enemy says. Ah, oh, look here. You've you tripped up again, man. For a year, how long are you going to... Oh, no, man. God doesn't love you. You've, you've lost your salvation. You've lost all confidence because you've allowed God those fiery arrows of the enemy to penetrate but God is saying no I want you to raise up the shield of faith that says I'm trusting in you Lord I'm trusting in the finished work of Jesus Jesus did not just die for your sins but he's actually resurrected he is risen again that means that you and I have confidence to walk this out because there is hope for us beyond this life you and I are called to actually band together Together as brothers and sisters in the faith, encouraging one another, standing together. And when you and I experience some of those fiery darts, one way of looking at it, and I shared this with the youth, um, an old quote that says, You know, I can't stop those, those fiery darts, those temptations. I can't stop them. It's like the analogy they use is, is I can't stop birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from making a nest. On my head. And so you and I, as we experience as we walk out our faith in God, we can't stop those temptations from coming, but we can figure out better ways to deal with them. And I'm trusting that God will help you and I to walk this out. God wants us to know that those temptations often come when we feel most confident. Often just after a major victory. I experience this all the time. I could be somewhere ministering or ministering on a Sunday. feel like you just had the most amazing, glorious Sunday celebration. God is in the house. We experience healings, wonders, miracles, signs and wonders. God's been so evident. And then I'm like, get in the car, and I'm tripped up with something, frustration, a pop wheel you know i get all upset about it but you and i need to see that it's no we are no different to what jesus experienced he united with us in every way it's interesting to see that for jesus in in uh, at the time of his baptism he receives god's blessing favor acknowledgement saying this is my son in whom i am well pleased the holy spirit ascends on him or descends upon him in the form of a dove. Everybody sees it. Everybody hears God speaking. And what happens? He's then led into the wilderness to be tempted. Someone once said that after the dove came the devil. And for many of us, we experience God's presence resting upon us. And if we're unaware, we'll be tripped up by the schemes of the devil. God doesn't want us to live in that way, friends. He wants us to raise our shield of faith. How is our shield of faith strengthened? How do you strengthen your, your faith? Through the Word. This. This is how we strengthen our faith. And many believers, myself included, do not spend nearly enough time just memorizing some scriptures. Spending time in God, I, with God, I, I mean, I can find myself scrolling for hours, but I can't spend five minutes praying. Isn't it amazing that the moment you decide, I'm going to spend some time with God this morning, five o'clock, my alarm goes off, the kettle is ready, sit down, <clears throat> ready, and there's the, you know, the, the cat's doing something, ah, oh, remember remember that, that email I'm supposed to send, you know, ah, oh, you know, there's the water pipes burst. Your child comes wakes up. They never wake up early, they wake early that morning. Hey, Daddy, I want to talk to you. It's the moments when we actually resolve to say, Lord, I want to increase my faith when those distractions come. Remember? The devil wants to distract, deceive, and destroy. And you and I would do well to acknowledge his schemes because there's nothing new under the sun, friends. The enemy's schemes are the same. As, <laughs> it's amazing for me to see. I often look at the news and I'm going, this looks awfully familiar. I haven't been around for that long, but I can see. I can see some patterns repeating, you know. I've heard this before. I've seen this before. And we can either be sucked in or we can say, no, Lord, I'm going to yield myself in increasing measure to what he has said. God wants you and I to stand against the enemy's schemes and to also be involved with this. And I love this quote by D.L. Moody. He said, Sin will keep you from this book, but this book will keep you from sin. When we begin to acknowledge God and fill our hearts and minds with His Word, and for some of you, you're going to have to get yourself a paper Bible, because this, notifications, Whatsapps, Facebook, Twitter, what, what, it's, you're unable to resist so you've got to wean yourself off of the distractions and say, so I'm going to sit down with pen and paper, I'm going to write some things down. Oh, but Gareth, I don't even know how to write anymore. I'm just always typing things. I often found myself there that when they give you that form to fill in, I'm like, oh man, my arm, like I'm halfway down and all I've written is my name and my telephone number. God wants you and I to, to have some substance. There's a war at work, friends. And we are fat, lazy soldiers. I don't have to go into too much of our, of, of our, kind of our circumstances, eh? Hey? You've seen the videos. You've seen our, our law enforcement and our, and our military. Friends, nobody takes our country seriously in the area of defense. But at the same time, friends, it's a picture of the church. God doesn't want us to be fat, lazy Christians. He wants us to be lean, mean machines. Get yourself a George Foreman grill. (laughs) Friends, 1 Peter, he writes, he says, we need to stand together. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. And some of us are saying, look here, I'm really fat. You can really eat a lot. (laughs) Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You are not unique. And can I encourage you and I? The best way that I have found to grow in my relationship with God is prioritizing some of the things that many of us do. Sunday celebrations, light group, small group moments where I'm looking people in the eye and someone can see how it's going with me. But a really, really effective way I'm learning is to actually have someone or maybe a couple of people that I'm journeying with on a personal level, one on one, where I can say to them, listen, I'm struggling in this area, pray with me. And the next time I see them, this week I saw somebody that I had prayed with and, and spent some time with a few months ago. It was amazing for me. I had this moment with them, and I could just, there was a moment, like, how's it going with that thing that we were praying about? I don't see him every week, but there is a reality that I have someone that's in the fight with me. And the most effective way that you and I would become more like Jesus, remember this armor is about putting on Christ. It's about knowing Him. It's about expressing Him in this world. The most effective way is when you and I actually have those relationships, where we're contending together for what God is revealing. Jesus has given us one another. He's also then given us this helmet of salvation. This helmet covers, you know, the top of your head, your ears and the back of your head as well. And it's amazing for me to see that, and this is something I think many believers don't realize, is that the war actually happens in your mind first. Every sin, every obstacle, every action you and I have ever committed started in our thoughts. And so we need to learn to renew our minds, and we need to learn how to fight this battle to be secure in the salvation we have, but also to learn to pull down those strongholds, those thought patterns, those things that would um, you know, exalt itself above God's word. We see this in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but I have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so friends, when we're thinking about strongholds... And we're thinking about you know, those spiritual warfare realities... As much as there are some aspects at work out there... Most of it's happening in here. And God wants you and I to take captive those things. To pull those things down. And how do I do that? How do I come to understand and see those things? Is when I have a better understanding of who God is, remember, I'm able to spot what does not look like bush if I want to spot some animals. So when I know the nature and the character and the purposes of God, when I've come to experience those things in my daily walk with Him, when the Holy Spirit is so close to me that I know at any moment when I'm engaging in something that's going to grieve Him or that is grieving Him in that moment, that I'm not so dull of hearing so calloused in my heart that I miss what God is saying. That I'm able to respond. Now, when, we, when we're looking at the way that you and I, there are some reflexes that we have. There are some natural reflexes, some things that we just do naturally, and then there are some conditioned reflexes. This is an interesting reality. So there are some natural things. You know if you put your finger on a, on a hot plate stove, like your natural inclination is, Oh, you're not like, oh yes, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, I must do something about it. I don't have to think about it. My natural inclination is to respond. But there are some things that you and I do as part of our conditioning. Many of you do this every time you climb in a car. You're not thinking about, okay, clutch, ready, ready, okay, go, okay, like a like a learner driver would. I find myself I was driving with AZ the other day. And I'm, i am don't even think I'm just like she's like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know, because I was in the street that goes past Ainsley's parents' house. But because I go to her house so often, I don't even think I don't even want to—I didn't want to go there. I just drove there. I remember driving um, home after after visiting Ainsley in Pretoria when we, we were still dating. And I, I, like often I've, I from between potch and, and my bed, I don't remember. It would be late at night. I would just be so in autopilot. I wouldn't even know and register. But so those, those particular types of conditioning happens because we've done it with repetition, 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 repetition. And for you and I, the way we are going to be able to recognize those schemes and pull them down is by conditioning our hearts and our minds to be able to recognize it, but then also to respond in a different way. Andy and I, we're working through some of that reality. We're we're beginning to see some unhelpful patterns. Some of the things that we do naturally, just by instinct, we've been so conditioned, now we've got to renew our minds. And the way that we are having to do that is we are first of all learning to wait a minute, (laughs) I've been tripped up, I've gone down this reaction, this pathway again, I've got to double back again. But I know the more I am aware of it, the more I take conscious steps towards strengthening, the more I am actually intolerant. Like I make sure that I do not even play the game. The more I am aware of those things, the easier it is for me to resist. And actually the fruit down the line in my life looks way better. And many of us as Christians think that it's somehow going to happen by osmosis. You know osmosis. I I studied for a biology test like that once. My mom and dad will remember. My mom said to me, I must go study. I studied. She came into my room like a while later, and there I was, sleeping. Book on my chest. And she was like, listen, if you get anything wrong, you're dead. (laughs) And by some miracle, I didn't get anything wrong. I think I just paid, paid attention in the class, and everything she asked me, I had sort of... But some of us think that knowledge is going to just pop in because I'm kind of a Christian and I listen to some Christian music while I sleep. I put the Bible on audio Bible and, you know. No, friends, that's not how it works. It takes intentionality. It takes discipline. Disciples are disciplined. The root word's the same. Friends, you and I need to begin we want to walk in the armor of God, if we want to experience all that God has for us and see his kingdom advancing, we need to embrace that as a reality. Obviously, as we see, the word of God is our weapon of offense as well as defense. We defend ourselves, but we also attack with that. And what was Jesus' response every time the enemy tempted him? It is written, It is written. And I'm wanting to learn how to do this as I'm raising my children, as I make financial decisions, as I interact with my wife, as I lead and and accomplish the things that I've been given and entrusted the stewardship to in my life. I want to say, Lord Jesus, help me to know and apply emphasis on application. Your word that I would be able to experience that Together. The psalmist says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That is the key, friends. You and I need to walk this in our daily life. This is also something that we put into daily use. Every single day we're working through and applying God's word. But have you ever seen this? I've done this on, on, on planes from time to time. When, you, when you're sitting on the plane and then you pull out your Bible. If you take people's response around you. It's almost like this thing is going to bite them. <laughs> You're about to put a curse on them or something, guys. You're like, it's amazing how, how much power this has. Still in our society today. And we can bring it out as a, as a means of being weird. Or we can bring it out as the words of life. And I want to encourage you. I've been so impacted at times when I've visited people that I feel like I look up to and that I'm learning from, and that I'm enjoying their company, and I can see great fruit in their lives, Walk into their studies, walk into their business um, offices, the Word of God is there. I'm wanting to learn that when I'm raising my children, I'm not bringing them my opinion. I'm not telling them that's wrong because I said so. But I'm wanting to help them to see because God's Word says so. And we are people of God's Word. We want to express that. It's amazing to see that the book of Acts, the church multiplied, because in chapter 6 it says, as the disciples were multiplying, there was this complaint that came up about people not receiving all the distribution, and the, the, the apostles said, we cannot neglect ministry of the word and prayer in order to take care of some of these practical realities. Friends, the power of God will be more evident in your life when you and I are devoting ourselves. It's not for a special leader. It's not for the front row. It's for every follower of Jesus to devote ourselves to God's Word and to prayer. And so in closing, friends, I want to encourage us that we would, empower, be, first of all, be empowered by God to walk fully clothed. That it's not just a moment that we take, oh, I must remember and put my stuff on, but actually that I'm walking in the mindset of who God is. As we close this series, friends, God wants you and I to remain seated in Him, confident in the finished work of Christ. He wants us to walk out this gospel into every aspect of our lives, but He also wants us to take a stand against the schemes of the enemy, the ideologies of this world, that we would cast down the idols in our lives that we would be intentional as we express that together. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.